1: Learn more at marines.com.
0: It is conference finals time. And man, somehow it's mid-May. Got the NBA draft Lottery happening on Tuesday night. Final four of the NBA's best. Miami Heat hosting the Boston Celtics to kick it all off. Followed Wednesday by the Warriors hosting the Mavericks. Off-season talk popping up here. NBA draft talk. Shout out to the ladies. WNBA season off to a hell of a start. Basketball still rolling. Weather's getting better. Talk about weather all the time because I'm seeing sunshine. You don't see much sunshine for like about four months when you're here in Cleveland. So I'm always going to talk about that. Getting my golf game off.
2: Enjoying some nice patio beers. Oh, it's blissful.
0: And I can't get enough of the basketball, which is why you're here, why you're listening. Keep it at 94. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz. another episode brought to you by, of course, the basketballnews.com podcast network. And we are powered by Ticket Smarter. Looking to go to the hottest concert sports, theater, and family shows near you? Get 100% guaranteed tickets to more than 125,000 live events from Ticket Smarter the official ticket marketplace of basketballnews.com. Now I want to get tickets to the conference finals because we've got a couple of really interesting matchups. Heat Celtics, that's going to be a drag out, physical 92 to 87 type scores. You're going to have the Warriors and the Mavs where Luka Doncic has a chance to get to the finals. And we know what he's capable of after what he did to the Suns in game seven. Got Steph Curry, who's just waiting to be awoken. Play Thompson's getting better. Draymond Green's starting to find his flow a little bit. As long as they cut down the turnovers, they're in good shape. Fun, man. Final four. Brian, final four. It's about
1: time. And you know what? We had some great, you know, semifinal series up until game sevens. Up until game sevens, which... This is pretty incredible to consider how good some of these series were, especially when you talk about the Celtics and the Bucks, And then to get a game seven where unfortunately one team got taken apart. And then that game was followed up by the Suns, the prohibited favorites all season long. No showing at home their game seven against the Mavericks.
0: Yes. And that was, I'm still shocked by that. I'm still shocked by how Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie just literally grabbed them by their proverbial throats and crushed, them. and crushed the entire spirit of the arena. Evan Sidery, he's been covering the Suns all year long. And he just said how palpable the, the kind of the pressing was, uh, the feeling of the crowd, just knowing that that anxiousness, that. that oh, no, it's happening again type of feeling. It was very much so in the air at that crowd at Footprint Center. And, uh, you know, Dallas just took it and run with it. The the, the Suns just started trying to foul hunt. They couldn't run any of their sets. Kudos to the the Mavs defense. Don't get me wrong. Um, Excellent play uh, all around. You've got Reggie Bullock. You've got Maxi Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, I can name them all down here. Uh, I even thought Dwight Powell did a solid job in the last two games of the series. But the Suns just were all out of sorts. They Couldn't hit a shot. They were turning the ball over. Somehow their half-court offense just went directly down the tubes. That was crazy. And then you look at the flip side. You're talking about the other Game 7. Buck Celtics, it actually started out as a game. But then Grant Williams decided, take every three known to man because they were leaving them open. And that's what Milwaukee strategy actually finally picked them in the rear end. They wanted somebody else than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to beat them. And Grant Williams did that for them, you know? So that in and of itself, I think, um, you know, kind of some puts the game seven conversation in summation. Ooh, that sounded nice. Conversation. summation. Uh, but we're on to the final four. As I just said, um, we could get into some of those, you know, series if you want to, but, uh, focus is all in now on uh, those four teams remaining. And like I said, in the intro, got the draft lottery.
1: And that's, what we're going to be looking towards is the off season as well, because you've got the draft lottery and now we're in the conference finals and. You know, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, which is going to be great, but, um there's going to be a lot of questions going into the off season, because now you have to look at these teams that just got eliminated. And, you know, for the bucks, I think they put up a hell of an effort, but in the end, they just did not have enough shooting. And you can sit here and say, well, if Chris Middleton was healthy, but he wasn't. And who knows if that would have been enough to get him over the hump, because Boston has played so great, you know, over the last third of the season and during the playoffs. So, Who knows? And they've got some moves that they need to make probably in the wings, you know, for, for them to improve. We haven't even talked about the, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, playing hard against the Warriors, but just wasn't enough. And, you know, John Morant's out, but Grizzlies are a young team and they probably just need more experience. Um, The Suns, I think it's a huge question mark. I don't know what they do, the way that they just hit a wall. Game, come game six of their series and got blown out in the final two games of that. I'm, I'm not sure what they do. Um, I don't know if Chris Paul was injured or just old or slow or what's going on there. And I'm
0: going I'm to It's like be he literally turned 37. Yeah. And then it, it just started not clicking for him. It's so bizarre.
1: I don't, you know what, I, I hope he's not hurt in, and I don't think he, Chris would use that as an excuse because there's been times in the past where we've kind of wondered that. And then you find out later, like, oh yeah, he had surgery on, on something.
0: Mark Spears reported after the series that he was dealing with a quad injury for what it's worth.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think what happened is, I mean, obviously he is older and he's played a lot of minutes and a lot of games. And the Mavericks, just said, we're going to make this dude work. We're going to make him run off screens. We're going to set picks on him, and we're going to do all these different things. You know, and we're just going to we're going to wear him down, wear him down, wear him down. And he didn't take shots. Like the last the like
0: four games of the series, he didn't take shots. I think I saw a stat that he took like nine mid-range shots over the last four or five games of that series. And that would make Which sense if he had hit. a
1: leg injury because he, he had no legs. He had no lift.
0: No lift. And honestly you know, no brains because he was turning the ball over like middle of that series. And that's what gave Mavericks life.
1: I think there was a lot of frustration because if he was injured and how many times have we seen this time and time and time again with Chris and that he gets to a certain part of the playoffs and he wants to win a championship so bad and he's gotten injured. I mean, it happened last season where, you know, it, he was a little bit banged up in the finals, but before that, you know, in the playoffs, he missed some games cause he got hurt. And we've seen him, you know, with the Rockets, you know, where he, you know, pulled a hamstring, tore a hamstring, whatever it was, and he was out. So you can see some frustration there. He gets in his head, trying too hard. You're injured. All these different factors. But and he wasn't the only one. I mean, what happened with Booker in Game Seven? I I don't know. I mean, there's you you could sit here and talk about foul hunt, you,
0: foul hunt, foul hunt, foul hunt.
1: Yep. And uh, you could talk about DeAndre Aiden, you know, because you're, you're sitting here thinking Aiden's going to have this huge huge impact on the series and he did early on, but as the series went on, he got taken out and you know, there's a huge question mark about him and his future because he's a restricted free agent. You know, there's already talked that there's going to be teams that are going to offer a max for him and the Suns, Do they want to do that? They didn't do it this past off season. You know, their owner, Robert Sarver is notoriously frugal, even though the team is saying we are going to go into the tax. We're going to pay the money to keep this team I don't know what they're going to do with him. Do they want to give him the max? Um, will they I, I personally before, I already threw this out to you even before game seven was over. I said, man, they're gonna sign and trade Aiden. And they've they've got some big question marks on what they're gonna do with this roster because you know, their window is right now, you know, and we have to see what the future is gonna be for Chris Paul on the court, but they still got Booker and Bridges, and they got some other, you know, pieces, so we'll see what they do. And then the other one is. The Sixers, you know, they lose to the heat. And now, after an offseason talk about James Harden, we get another offseason talk about James Harden because we don't know what kind of guy he is now. You know, he, he can opt in for, you know, one year and $47 million. I don't know what the Sixers are going to do with him because he is just not a max guy anymore. And they wanted him so bad, Daryl more wanted him it's like he thought you know james harden was a spirit animal and it's not the same james harden is what he had before now is there a chance that he could play better like he was injured and he could change his diet and do those things yeah but he's never shown an inclination to want to do any of that before so i don't think he's going to and i mean you listen to that post game press conference where joel Embiid's going this isn't the same James Harden that we saw with the Rockets. This dude's a playmaker. And, you know, that, that tells you a lot right there. Um, and I, I don't know what Philly's going to do there and quite the conundrum because they gave up assets to get this guy. And now you guys sit there going, what are we going to do? We're going to re sign him. How much money? How many years? What will he be willing to take? You know, Harden already said he goes, he, I, you know, you got asked if he'll take less than the max. And he said, I'll do whatever it takes to win here. That's not, Committing to taking less than the max, I, 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 I don't know. There's a lot of question marks there, man.
0: I feel like you know he's going to end up opting in. I don't think. I don't think he's. Gonna oh, I think get he's going to opt in annually than what he's able to get.
1: What could would Philly offer him, and would he take something like like what happened with Chris Paul? He could have opted in for that last year, but instead they said we'll give you, you know, a four year deal or whatever it was for 120 million dollars, whatever it was, right? Would they do the same thing with Harden? Would he take it? Like, hey, don't opt in, but we'll give you a three-year deal worth $105 million, $110 million.
0: Depends like. on what he thinks he's able to do and whether he wants to bet on himself. Right. That's what it depends.
2: Exactly. So, I mean, there's, and, I mean, so he opts in. Does Philly trade him? Can they trade him? Who would take him?
0: I mean, you'd have to execute like a one for three or one for four in that situation. Maybe. That it, and you'd have to do it later in the year anyway. That no, no. I I honestly I think Philly would run, just run it back. I think they run so it back too. and they they would say okay, you know, bad luck. Uh, this this time around we didn't have enough time to get you two acclimated to each other. You two being Harden and Embiid, of course. Um,
1: they gave up major know. assets though. They gave up Ben Simmons. They gave up first round picks. They gave up.
0: Seth Curry uh, Seth Curry
1: which mm-hmm. I think is the biggest part of that quite honestly
0: especially now that Danny Green's got a torn ACL Yo, that's and he, Dude, his
1: career but, might be over
0: yeah no I, I feel for Danny he's such a good guy and he he had a couple of really solid games there uh for Philly in the heat series where, uh, you know obviously he had the game three where he had like 21 but he's started to knock down shots he was big in the the Toronto series as well uh but I mean, he had already been kind of losing his, uh, you know, his step and the athleticism that he had for a while.
1: Because he's mid thirties now.
0: Yeah, thirty
1: five, something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's sad because you don't want to see a guy go out like that. But it it's going to be a while probably for him to recover. Uh, not not just because you know he's older, but also because it's it's more than the ACL. For me. that's yeah, so that's that's tough. He, to, he
1: tore everything to in that knee. Mm-hmm. So. And by the way, when it comes to players in the offseason that we're going to end up talking about again that we're kind of tired about talking about, um, we don't have to go into it here, but um, there's a lot of question marks surrounding one Kyrie Irving as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen with him because the Nets are already kind of like, we got to see more and we got to see better from Kyrie. He's got to make more of a commitment with this team. I don't know what's going to happen there. So pretty eye-opening that Sean
0: Marks came out and even... You know, said that on the record earlier. This public, publicly, this early. You know, I, I appreciated the
1: honesty there, and sure. I was a little bit, um, I was a little surprised by that. But hey, they're gonna be honest about it. you know, like, you know, we got something to deal with here, and and um, I don't know if that means like he's going to resign. Is somebody else gonna sign him? Would they trade him?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um. There's a lot of question marks there and you know, we start talking about some of these teams that we expect to be really good that are in their window right now. You know, you, we just talked about Philly and you know what we think they're going to probably do with, with Harden. Um, I, I'll go back to the Suns though, because honestly, Spencer, what did they do? What do they do?
0: What do they do? I mean, I don't think you hit the panic button. I mean, I, there's a lot of people that are advocating for the sign and trade with, with Aiden, And if Aiden doesn't feel valued and the franchise is, is clearly, you know, thinking about parting ways with him, then yeah, you can still get solid return for DeAndre Aiden in a sign and trade.
1: But here's the thing: it, say, say you are the Sons Brass, okay? You're a decision maker. Are you giving Aiden a max? Do you feel comfortable giving him a max?
0: A rookie max?
2: Yeah. I think that that that's what he's all about. Got to the finals with the kid last year. I'm not looking at just because didn't. You know, the thing about this whole thing is, is
0: I think that Phoenix has asked him to sacrifice in a way too. It it really just depends on what the vision of the team is. But I will say this: with the dust up with Monty, and Monty, you know, reportedly saying that you quit on us, you quit on us. Um. You know the future looks bleak for Aton, particularly, but I don't think that this is a reason to, you know, push a panic button for the Suns. They're still really, really young, uh, and they still have the right veterans in, in place. Uh, you look at CP, you look at Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, by the way, he's going to miss its first finals in three years, but that's a streak yeah. that got broken. Uh, they still have really, really solid core pieces.
2: They like, do, and,
0: and, and they, they do have some decisions to make. You know, DeAndre Ayton's not the only one. Are they going to pay up for Cam Johnson, who was relatively decent uh, in the postseason compared to last year? Uh, you know, they've they got... a
1: better point backup point guard because his campaign was nothing.
0: Right, yeah. Well, they honestly should have probably tried out Aaron Holiday. I yeah. don't know why they never tried out Aaron Holiday. That might have just been a uh, one of the, you know, rare coaching mistakes you see from Monty and his staff. I think the the backup big situation's great. Uh, I'm assuming you get Dario Saric back next year after he's been rehabbing that uh, you know, uh, that injury that he sustained in last postseason. So, I mean, but you still have Devin Booker, you still have Mikel Bridges and, you know, your core with Chris Paul, yes, Chris Paul got hurt and didn't perform down the stretch in postseason here, but you ain't going nowhere. You heard what he said. Like, we'll be right back here next year. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no hint of damn. Like this is one of those situations where, you know, I kind of agree with Shaq where it just wasn't, it's a bad time to pick it, but it was just not one of their nights. That was it. it it. Yeah. And I think game seven
1: and I'm with you. Like, I'm not going to hit the panic button. I do think their window is going to start to close only because of Chris Paul's age. But the thing is too, when you make the eight and decision, if you decide to move on from him and you trade him, what are you getting back? Oh, you because, can get a lot, right? And th- and that's the thing because I think there's there's multiple other teams that would give, you know, would pay a max for him.
0: You know who they, makes sense? And and I'm sorry to to jump ahead, but no. you know who makes sense? Someone that the Suns have partnered with a couple of times now. Why not call up the Indiana Pacers?
1: Well, they they were talking, you know, at the trade deadline it was already talked that they were thinking about bringing on eight So maybe that's a discussion that they continue now. But I mean, I think when you look at Aiden in the Suns, for any other team too, but especially with Phoenix, I think you not only have to look at the player, but you have to look at what's the style of ball I want to play. And what's the style of ball that we think is going to be sustainable to win a championship. Because I'm looking at some of these other teams and how much small ball they're doing right now, because yeah, you look at Boston and yeah, well, they've got, you know, Rob Williams, you know, they, they won these last couple of games without him. Okay. Yeah. So let's look at the Heat. Okay. They got Bam out of bio, but he's not like your traditional. He's 6'9". Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a smaller big guy. You look at the Mavs. They're going out there. They're playing small ball. You look at the freaking Warriors. They're going small ball. Except when they got Looney. Looney might not be able to but, play but, much but in but the
0: Looney's, series. Looney's, Looney's, I mean, Looney's, you know, he's barely 6'9", 6'10". Right. Anyway.
1: So, I mean, you look at the way, you look at these teams right now that have made it this far and where the league is at. There's such a premium on three and D guys, you know, from the wing and bigs that can run the court and you know can do screen and roll and just having shooters.
0: Yeah, no, I, but I think that's what makes last year so interesting because neither the Bucs nor the Suns were playing. And now you you get to this point to where every team that's left is basically playing small ball. Yeah, and. You know, I saw it was funny. I saw that Dallas uh, effectively killed two franchises on the way to finals, uh, these, these conference finals, uh, one being Utah with you know, Colbert. And then, uh, you look at you know, the Suns and how Ayton's gonna part ways like, is anybody next? It's crazy. Uh, but well, the other thing I, is, I don't, too- I don't know, I don't know. It, 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 really, it really does depend on the type of ball you want to play. And if the Suns do decide they're like, oh, okay, we want to go small ball. Then who is your ideal partner for that, you know? like, And then you have to start thinking about the type of type of center you want to play. Or-
1: well, the, the type of center that would probably work best with
2: Chris Paul yeah, and that team is Clint Capella when he's playing well.
0: But that would go against the small ball thing, wouldn't it?
2: Well, I think Capella
1: does so, so well with screen and roll.
0: Okay. And,
1: the, and he runs the court better. All right. So, I mean, because I think they want to play with a little bit more pace. Okay. But, well, here's the other thing, too, though. When you look at, you know, all season long, we've talked about, like, so the West has quality, but maybe not as deep as the Eastern Conference. The East is back. Well, let's look the next year, and I'm, I know a lot can happen in an offseason, but you still got really good teams. You think the Warriors are going to be there. The Suns are going to be there. The Grizzlies are up and coming. The Mavericks, we expect them to be there now. They got Luka. Um, the Nuggets next year, a healthy squad, Mm -hmm. you know, getting Murray and Porter back, and they've got the two-time defending MVP on their team. They're going to be there. The Clippers, Paul Georgia, Kawhi Leonard. You have to put
0: them in the top three. You
1: got to put them in there. Um, Who knows about the Lakers? They're a wild card, so I'm not, I mean, they could be out of the playoffs again, or they could be in the mix. I don't know. So, the West, I think, is going to be a lot better next
0: year. Kings. Hey, hey, don't. Mike Brown's going to give him a buy? I technique.
1: learned my lesson this past year. No, you know, I get it. I get it. I get it. But,
0: but I mean, I, I mean I, look at the Northwest, though. I mean, you say that Kings, Timberwolves, the Jazz are probably going to have some sort of facelift. I think the Jazz have... going to be
1: tough, but the T-Wolves, I mean, I didn't even mention them. And...
0: What about the Blazers? I mean, Damian Little are probably back.
1: He will, but, I mean, they, they still got a ways to go. They're remaking sure. that team. and Who knows what they're going to do in the offseason.
0: But I, I'm just trying to figure out, like, who's a real bottom dweller in the you know, other than the OKCs of the world, you know, like right, even Houston, but yeah. Like,
1: OKC and Houston are are there, and probably Sacramento,
0: sure. But like you're right, it's definitely going to get a lot more popular. And actually, as we're naming teams, I, I thought of another one for eight and two. This is fun.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: destination places for eight and because if the Suns look to play small ball, and this is apparently the. You know, prevailing thought of where they are headed. Um, you know, does some sort of some sort of package, you know, with like I don't know how the numbers work, so don't kill me, uh, audience here. But knowing their window that Brian's talking about, like, does some sort of package for like Hayward and PJ Washington make sense? Because I was just the center, say the you Hornets know, as well. The yeah, Hornets have been lacking a center since the beginning of time. Like, you know, I'm just spitballing. Um, but you know, Hayward wants out of Charlotte. You know that PJ Washington's kind of role has fluctuated a little. Um, and he could easily slide in as one of those small ball fives as we've seen in the in you know the last couple of years with Charlotte. So the like,
1: deal with the Raptors make sense.
0: The Raptors wanna stay with their six seven to six nine group and like yeah. it. Yeah. I don't I don't think that they're gonna change anything up. Okay, can I Blazers somebody mentioned Blazers?
2: Oh, I, I, can I throw you a wild one? That This is just totally for clicks. <laughs> Don't say it. I'm not going to. Okay. How about DeAndre for Ben Simmons? Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to hmm. Yeah. think that one.
1: I think they would prefer him being at a conference, by the way. So, yeah. um, you know, but, and, and also remember this, too, while we're throwing out fantasy moves. Just remember if they do a sign in trade teams are locked in with a hard cap both teams. So just remember that too.
0: Well the trade machine is supposedly supposed uh,
1: to Yeah. Just on, just on remember that because then you get locked in, you know, and there's only so much you can do in an off season at that point. Sure. Sure. So, and so then there's rules teams.
0: with with yeah. aggregating contracts and all that jazz. So Yes. Definitely be on the lookout for uh, some of your unrealistic options in your mentions,
2: all that good, but no, that, that's interesting. Thinking through the Suns, I mean, want to play.
1: I think you're right, though, when it comes to Phoenix, like they're not going to panic, but they have some big decisions to make in the offseason. The Bucks you know, now that they're out, I mean, I thought they were valiant in, it was as simple as Chris
0: Middleton, not being a part of that. I mean, I I, like, I, that's the Milwaukee. Yes. They're going to probably live and die by that strategy to drop and let everybody shoot threes from the corner. I get it, but it worked last year. They won a championship. You know, they got, they lost in the second round to a team that's on the Ascension and probably has its eyes on a championship after coming up short year after year, after year, you know, like, a guy got hot. He took 18 threes. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm not going to look too far into it with Milwaukee. Um, it is important, I think, for them to be able to bring back Bobby Portis and even Bobby in the press conference. Like, yeah, they're going to have to definitely come with the right offer, but I love, I love being a buck.
1: Well, he gave them a sweetheart offer, you know, the last yeah. one. So he Oh was, yeah, and it was a prove he, it it deal too. A, yeah, it was. It was kind of like, Hey, I want to run it back. I owe him that because we won a championship together, so I'll take loss this time. But now mm-hmm. but the thing was, it's like you look at how limited they were coming off the bench and like so Middleton, you know, is injured. And who knows? I mean, obviously you'd like to have Chris there and you'd have a better chance, but you you don't know if you win, if you you have him there. But I mean, that's that's a big piece missing. But Connington, you know, just couldn't hit shots in that game. wasn't getting freed enough. Grayson Allen, I'm, I'm surprised that he got as much run as they did. And I know that he they felt have. like he shouldn't have. <laughs> he should have been out. His defense just was not there. You could tell that he was during the headlights, getting and stripped
0: on the drives, and shooting air it balls over in off game seven. Bounce.
1: Yeah, you know, so like
0: he. I mean, the Bucks yeah. went as Conington went. You know, like Connington had an off shooting night in game seven. He did not have off shooting nights in game five and six. Uh, well, you know, you. Without,
1: you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, question the coaching here a little bit, but why? I know they went with George Hill for a while that's serious, but why wasn't Carter out
0: there? They abandoned him as soon as George Hill got healthy.
1: And we talked about that last week. I was like, you know, we what? did. Even if he's not going to hit a lot of shots, because you're not, you're not leaning on him offensively, but I look at him as like a veteran presence that kind of helps everybody, but definitely helps them on defense. And 100% the one thing that Milwaukee did in that game one of that series that they went away from every game after that it seemed like was they weren't pressuring Boston's ball handlers up the court and they dogged them in that first game because Boston you're sitting going they don't have great ball handlers and they got away from that and I'm not saying Carter would have flipped the game or anything like that but he could have helped them you know in the minutes he was going to play if you put some of those minutes of that George Hill got in there because George isn't the same player.
0: No. And he's older. And, yeah. You know.
1: So, I mean, for Milwaukee, I mean, it's just about fortifying your bench. And and by the way, by the end of that, and I can't blame him at all, Giannis looked a little tired. And Giannis being a little bit tired is probably um more energetic than 75% of the rest of the league.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but you could tell that. that there was some ridiculous
0: stat. Like he had like 200 points, 100 Rebounds, yeah, modestists, whatever the hell it was. He he played his ass off in that series. He just played his ass off for the last three years, four the dude years, had, guys.
1: And on top of that, he's just there's so much contact that's going on. I mean, and you know the conundrum that is he is was missing. He, I mean, he
0: was missing the bunnies in Game Seven. He was, and he wasn't hitting the mid rangers that he was hitting all series. You know, like it's very possible that he ran out of gas. He might just not have had it. You know, like. Him and Drew Holiday, and I'll give Drew Holiday, you know, props, even though he had some very questionable possessions throughout this series and throughout the playoffs, he still made a lot of solid off-the-bounce mid-rangers, timely shots, made timely plays. Uh, but for both him and Giannis, it, it, was, it was pretty much on them to make this thing tick. And well, that's, that's where they miss Chris the most.
1: Go back, okay. So, the Bucks steal game five in Boston mm-hmm. in one of the greatest minutes of defensive play I've ever seen by a player. Because if you look at drew, not only does he block the shot on the baseline, he blocks it by and keeps the ball inbounds. He lands inbounds. And then he has the presence to throw the ball off the defender. So they keep possession. I mean, that, and the, Itself was incredible. And then to strip Marcus Smart coming down the court on the final possession, it's unbelievable. And when that happens and they're up three, two and you can see Boston's body language, you're thinking like they're going back to Milwaukee. There we have go a again, you, yeah. you know? And, and I was sitting there thinking like, they better close it out here. You don't want to go back to Boston. Remember too, Milwaukee had a chance to get the higher seed, but they rested guys, you know, at the end and there was talk like they were spent. They needed the rest. But they gave up home court advantage. Now, last year, they went into Brooklyn. They won that game in overtime. And in game seven, they advanced. They win the championship. They don't have it this time, though. But they go back to, game, you know, to Milwaukee for game six. And they just can't get it done.
0: They oh, my gosh, get it by done. the way. Uh, that happened in between last week's episode and this week's episode. And let me tell you, man, Jason, hate him. Unbelievable.
1: Oh, what a stuff. I mean, I mean, and 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 Giannis, by the way,
0: and Giannis. Yeah. But, but I mean, Tatum, and there's all sorts of articles on basketballnews.com about Tatum. And, um, we even did, you know, a few different, you know, breakdowns of the series and whatnot. But just his ability to, to play make. But the thing is, you know, outside of the playmaking, it was, The Bucs had come back. I think they were down by like 13 or 14 to start the quarter. And the Bucs cut it to four. And there was like eight minutes left in the game. And you thought, okay, here we go again. Boston's going to give up a lead. Milwaukee's going to win. They're going to get to these. But Tatum just starts knocking down these jumpers. And I swear, the dude does not touch rim on any of these. Yeah. Like it, it, they're just pure as hell. He's not turning down shots. He's not getting into that, you know, that in between area that he's had so much trouble with. He's, you know, turning down the mid range looks now instead and trying to get to the rim or trying to find a teammate or taking it, dribbling it back out and going ahead and, and pulling from three, which is he's a lot better. He's a lot better in those areas. You don't want Jason Tatum really taking these mid range shots, honestly. Um, at least uh, for, for shot volume-wise. Like, you, you'll obviously live with a MIDI, uh that Tatum takes, you know, here and there, but you don't want them to be his, his primary place of, you know, of attempts. So when he is pulling from three, when he is finding his teammates, not just Grant Williams, but, you know, Peyton Pritchard got going in the last couple of games. Um, you know, Jalen Brown, uh, same thing, waiting on the wings to do things, but he would Tatum in particular was just so so huge in staving off that storm that the Bucks were beginning to come with, and it started with that ridiculous uh, inbound play with like a second left on the shot clock. Um, it's a fadeaway baseline shot. Um, then you have pull up, pull up, get to the basket, draw a foul. It's it's so, so fun to watch him mature. And, you know, at the expense of the, the he's only 19 joke, he really is still very young and has five years of experience under his belt right now. And he's been to the playoffs five times ever since his rookie year. and And this is why, and Brian, we can actually kind of segue into this if you want to, but... We did a ranking for the five best remaining players in the playoffs. So who are the five best players in the conference finals? And, you know, there's a lot of people that disagree with me and I get it. But just based on who he's taken out and who he's faced, the experiences and how he's responded, whether he has bad games, whether he has, you know, good games, but just the the consistency in the mindset and the mental fortitude to respond
2: I had Jason Tatum number one I would put Luca personally but I everybody else it everybody from.
0: else put Luca uh, except for Ethan one. Fuller
1: he put Steph Curry
0: he did put Steph yeah
1: he put Steph. but I mean but I get it from the standpoint of if you get the Tatum that we got in the last couple of games and and the way that he was able to turn it on in that game six like you said and to say, we're not going to let this happen again. and That, that
0: was, was a, a d- back-against-the-wall situation. It is was. what I want people to understand. Like They but, don't win that game. They go home. Yeah, so and, and He that, takes the- that by the nuts, and then he goes in Game 7, and he doesn't have the most amazing point total the, or the, the counting numbers, but he was the most important player on the floor for them in Game 7. Oh, and absolutely. And he sent him to, the, to the East Finals.
1: But here's the thing. When I look at that team, and, you know, Boston won a couple of games or in that season or series because what Al Horford was doing. But I always felt like that's not sustainable. They are as Horford could not miss the first, what, three games of that series. He was yeah. getting open. And they, I mean, just the energy and everything. He's 35 years old. You could tell sooner or later he was going to slow down and he slowed down. But this team is more dangerous and is more sustainable when it's Tatum that's putting up those numbers, he's the stud. He's the alpha. It's great when you get an Al Horford game and they carry in you like, wow, what a surprise game. And look at what this guy did. But you, that's not going to be the formula to propel the Celtics to a championship. It's when Jason Tatum is the guy that's going out there and he's winning these games for you. He is, you know, the facilitator. He's the guy putting up all the points. He's the guy doing everything. He's the best player on the court. And that's what we saw from him. And that game six, you know, when the Bucks got the lead down, like you said, the four or whatever it was, and then the Celtics immediately hit a couple of shots behind Tatum. At that moment, that game felt totally different to me than game five when the Bucs came back. And they just willed their way to that win. This one, it just felt so different from what Tatum did. And then, and I know each team had won on the road at that point. But I was like, this series is over. They're going back to Boston, and there's no way the Celtics are gonna let them get out of there. And you know, everybody can look at what Giannis did in that game, and we can sit here and say, well, maybe he kind of was a little bit tired or, or whatever. He still had 25, 20, and
0: nine. Yeah. And that's that's a bad game for him. And in game six, he's coming off of forty-four and twenty. Right. You know, and and the, and I know I mean, those are those are counting stats, but guys, just like just watch the damn game. Like <laughs> I'm telling you. Watch the damn game. You had you had a very that game six was very it was possibly the best game in the series. Game yeah. game five was damn damn good, um, but you you just had all you had just a, some amazing battle for battle type of type of
1: oh yeah I mean this is like, going back to like the eighties when you had Larry Bird and Dominique I mean you had that kind of stuff going on you know I mean just it, it was just ridiculous mm-hmm. you know to to watch. Two young guys, because I mean, Giannis is what twenty seven,
0: might be right,
1: right, and then you have Tatum Tatum's twenty
0: four; he just turned twenty four. Okay, Giannis right. is twenty seven.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you, I mean, you got two guys. I mean, Giannis is in his prime. Tatum is getting there; he's very close, but he's still extremely young. I mean,
2: been in the playoffs
0: th- every year of his career, man. Right. Like this, this is crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Has that ever happened? I, did, did MJ make the playoffs every single season of his career? I mean, I'm not, question. I'm not bringing up, I'm not bringing up comparisons. Please don't I say that think I am.
1: He, I want to say he did, but maybe not that one year because he broke his ankle
2: or broke his foot. And he missed most of the season. His second
0: year. I say. Holy crap. Wow.
2: That's, yeah.
0: But every single year, I mean, LeBron missed him as his, his rookie year.
2: Well, look at Magic
1: Johnson. I mean, yeah. Magic made the playoffs every year.
0: It, but it, it, it's, just, it's just astounding to me. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, oh, it, impressive. You, it,
1: it, especially now, because we, it seems like one year you could be having a chance, the next year you're totally out of it, you know, just kind of the whims of the NBA. And hey, you go back to three months ago, nobody thought the Celtics were contenders. Nobody. No, nobody.
2: Three months ago, go five months ago, and they're what? Man? Something like that. I mean, it was crazy.
0: Yeah. yeah. And by and the it way, it goes you, to show. It goes to show, man. You never know. You, but you never want to sit know. here
1: and talk about teams that you don't think were going to make it to the finals? Who would have thought that the trade deadline deal of Porzingis for Dinwiddie and Berton's? would turn the Mavericks into contenders.
0: It was like the seventh most discussed deal on the day, too. Like, like it was way almost, down there on the list.
1: It almost broke Brian Fonseca on our live feed. Yeah, no, he I was mean, like,
0: well, what's the point of this? <laughs> what, what's the, like, it, it wasn't like, oh, I hate this deal. It was just, what's the point?
1: It was like, what's going on? What's going on? Like, you know, they, and I mean, that was one of those where we're happy to get Dinwiddie and Berton. We think they can play, but the goal of this trade is to get this guy off our team. It's it's one of those, and we you see him. I think you see it more in baseball than you see in basketball. It's more of a, you know, the we're addition going to by subtraction, yeah, deal. the addition by subtraction deal, you know, and and that's exactly what that was. I mean, there was friction between him and Luca. I think some of that was Porzingis thought like I'm the star, and they're bringing in this young guy. Who they, you know, this is still my team, and that was not the case, right? And, I mean, you see what happened once they got rid of. You know, Porzingis, not only for off the court, but on the court fit and everything. And they had, I believe, the second best record in the league. The final, you know, was it 35% of the the regular season or something like that? So, Mm -hmm. And here they are now, defying the odds and taking out the Phoenix Suns along the way, you know, on the road in Phoenix in a game seven. And now they will be facing the Warriors with the right to go to the NBA Finals.
0: You know that Porzingis deal to me, and I I think what it did was really allowed. You know, Maxi Kleba to step up. It allowed Reggie Bullock to step up. Um, you know, it's totally unlocked
1: and freed their way that they wanted to play.
0: Yeah, no, they're 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 playing smaller, and but they're still defending. And that that's really what won them this, dude. Like. I know that the Suns were making some very, you know, poor decisions. But ball pressure by, by Dallas was great. The, uh, just the overall feel of that defense. Again, as I mentioned before, Block, DFS, DeKleba, say Dinwiddie in some spurts, Dwight Powell when he was on the floor. Notice I'm not saying Luka. That's also why he's number two. But, but I mean, stretches of Frank Nilakina. You get what I'm going here. Like, they were able to provide enough distance
2: that they were able to just completely turn the series on a 180.
0: Like, that's, that's really what happened. They held Phoenix to 94 and 101 on their home. floor. Then they got absolutely blasted in game five, and we thought it was all coming to an end. You can go back onto the podcast. I'm... I'm more than happy to do the old takes exposed thing on myself because I hold myself accountable. But then Dallas absolutely blasts them in Dallas and comes back to Phoenix
2: and blasts them again. It's crazy. Unbelievable. Really crazy. But well,
1: yeah. Here we are now. We're at the conference finals. I think, and I hope both series are really good. And once again, you have, I think, two different style of series and the way they're going to be played in that we expect the warriors and Mavericks to be a free flowing style with a lot of points running up and down the court, a lot of threes and whatnot. And over in the East, we think it's probably going to be another physical grueling bang it out.
0: Take the unders (laughs) in about three or four games of this series. People just take the unders right now
1: between the Celtics and the heat. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just this, these different style of plays and the different conferences. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, for me, the biggest question that I have in the East is, and especially with this series, you know, the Celtics playing on Sunday. And I know, um, or, or, yeah, playing on Sunday. And I know that they won by a pretty good margin. But still, the physicality of that series and now turning around to playing on Tuesday night. Um, How much did those seven games, those seven ultra physical games, guys hitting the core all the time, how much did that possibly take out of them?
0: I I mean, Marcus Smart was like a car crash dummy in that series. (laughs) He was taking some falls, man. Some real falls. Guys getting bowled over. He was
1: guarding Giannis and taking those charges.
0: He's, fall, he's fallen flat onto his face when he's, you know, tripping over his own teammates. He's trying to contest shots at the rim. Lots of bad breaks for Marcus Smart, <laughs> but he made it through. He made it through, and, you know, he ended up playing through it, and, uh, you know, we'd be remiss to not, you know, mention how good of a game six he had uh, in a bounce back after he seemingly, you know, gave away the series in game five. Uh, but. More to the point of, of what you're trying to get here. Yeah, physically, they're probably going to be a little bit more torn up. Uh, but I think that also gives them some adrenaline. And remember, they played just, you know, a short time ago. They played on Sunday. The last time the Heat played was May 12th. So, That's you know, a, sometimes, no that, works against you. sometimes yeah. that works against you.
2: It's
1: the whole rust versus, you know, playing all those different things. So Mm -hmm. we'll we'll see exactly what happens, but I mean, uh, I think those are things to look at. And the other thing is too, when I look at this just from, you know, our vantage point, you know, as, as a fan or, you know, an onlooker, yeah, I think the Celtics are the favorite, but so many times I think we've discounted the heat. And I know that they had the best record in the East and they're the top seed and everything but still you could see some holes in what they're doing and you can still see some holes. And on top of that, they still won't have Kyle Lowry for at least game one. And who knows when he's going to come back with this lingering hamstring injury. And, you know, I think they, they realize like we're better off not having Kyle out there, even if he's was at, you know, 60% or whatever he could be at. Like, it's better just not to play him at all, rather than putting him out there, you know, at half speed. Uh, But I still think I look at this and I'm like, are people discounting the Heat? I mean, I might, I'm probably one of them. But now that I look at this and I say, well, are the Celtics beat up? The Heat may be a little fresher. They're so tough mentally. That's what they do in Miami, but they're missing Lowry and, you know, the offense, but they still might be underrated. And I'm not going to discount them in this series. And I I was thinking about this too like, okay, who who are my picks? I, I still don't know.
0: I really don't know. I don't don't know either because I feel like in some ways, other than the, you know, the stardom portion of this, I feel like Ime Udoka and Eric Spolstra are very similar-minded. Even though one's been doing it for a long time more than the other. Defensively, these teams are so similar. The heat make you earn everything. They switch like a damn... You know, a damn
2: animal. Same thing with Boston. So who's going to flinch? You know,
0: like he's going to put more pressure on Boston. Like I'm assuming they're going to do everything they want to do, uh, try and throw in stuff at Tatum. I will say this, and I had just edited this article before I came onto this podcast. Go check out Nikias Duncan's scouting report. Apparently, the Celtics struggle against zone, and they have only seen five. Zones in the postseason so far. You know what Nakaya said? He goes, Watch the Heat flip this out in the first six minutes of this series and see what I see how they react. Um, the Heat are going to dare you to beat him with threes, not quite to the amount of what Milwaukee does, but uh, the Heat are very much so in your face. Uh, so we'll see on that end. And, you know, Boston, what are they going to do defensively with Jimmy? Uh, I, I, Personally, like even before you know reading that scouting report, I said Bam out of bio has got to have a Bam out of bio. Like Bam out of bio, offensively needs to be more aggressive. Um, He needs to crash glass. Needs to take advantage athletically of guys he can take athletic advantage of. Maybe the exception is Robert Williams III. Maybe that's the exception because he's damn athletic as we know. But I feel like Bam can utilize this stuff to his advantage. Continue You use the dribble handoffs as a decoy and attack off the bounce. That, that's what I'm looking for uh, as far as their offense goes. It's going to need to be Jimmy and Bam on the offensive end. Tyler Hero, we're going to see whether or not he can get out of his own head at this point. Um, That's tough. We have to look out for Victor Oladipo. He's probably not going to get too much attention, so that might give him some opportunities. You know? Uh... There's a, there's a lot of matchups to, to look for here, well, but I, it's, I, it's, it's fun, though. It's a fun exercise.
1: It is. And, and I think the other thing to look at here too, is we can sit here and look at, and rightfully say Jason Tatum is the best guy in the series, you know, on either team, tell that to Jimmy Butler and he may like, hold my beer.
0: Oh, yeah. No, the the way that he's got that killer instinct, yeah. He
1: wants you to doubt him. He wants that chip on his shoulder. He wants you to think that Tatum is a better player because he'll go out there and say, watch what I do. Watch how I carry this team. Look what he already did, and he picked up his play in this last series against the Sixers, and he'll be like, I'll do it. I'll bang with everybody. I'll get my shots. I'm not even going to take threes. I'm going mid-range, and I'm just going to do my thing and Everybody wants to talk about the Celtics and their young talent. We want to talk about everybody else going on the playoffs. We're the Miami Heat. I'm Jimmy Butler, and we're we're gonna win these, this thing. You know I mean he he loves it. He thrives on that,
0: yeah. And this is obviously an opportunity for Miami to capitalize as well. They'll have home court advantage since they are the number one seed as we know. Um, but Marcus Smart's also questionable for game one. So that's already way they could set the tone for the series if Smart doesn't play. I'm guessing Smart's going to play because he's a tough son of a gun. Right. But that's also something to keep an eye on.
1: And Robert Williams is available. So yeah. we'll and we know that he-
0: Kyle Lowry will not be able to play a game.
1: Right. More. I, I want to see all these real Heat fans that are coming out now. You know, all these lifelong, you know, super Heat fans. No more traffic. Al- they're always loyal to the team, you know, through thick and thin. You know, we're there for game one to game 82. I mean, they're going to be showing out now. No, no traffic. <laughs> the,
0: the no traffic fans. I love that. Who are, who, are your, who are your others that you're looking for in this series?
1: Well, Tyler Hero has got to play well. I mean, because of the Heat's offensive, you know, struggles that they go through. And I think he's, he's quite the barometer for the Heat because I think Jimmy will show. We've seen that track record before, um, but they need Tyler Hero to be there offensively for them. You know, I mean, I think he's going to get hunted on defense, but Towers got to hit shots. They they need him to to put up some numbers offensively.
0: I think uh, I'll do one for each. Uh, I already mentioned uh, Oladipo for the Heat. I'm going to do a uh, honorable mention uh, for for PJ Tucker. I'll always look out for PJ Tucker in a postseason series, especially when the stakes get higher and higher. Well, PJ, I'm going to leave it.
1: He's going to start on Tatum, but I think they're going to. A lot of different guys are going to be Garden Tatum. I mean, they'll have yeah. PJ. They'll go to Tucker, or, or I mean, they'll go to uh, Jimmy. I think a Bam will be on him.
0: Sure. Yeah. And then for Boston, I'm looking at Derek White. Hell of a, hell of a, hell of a series against Milwaukee. Really showed up both ends of the floor. Obviously, defensively, he's the most important. But when he's when he's attacking offensively, and when he's able to knock down a you know, a three here, a three there. He really, really changes the dynamic of this Boston. So keep an eye on those guys.
1: I would say for Boston, the guy I want to look out for is Al Horford, because as good as he was in the beginning of that last series, what does he have left in the tank?
0: Because, what does he have left in the tank? Because, because well, I mean, dude, we 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 asked that against uh, Brooklyn too, and you know maybe he's just a fast starter and then right. he runs out of gas.
1: That's what I want to see because like he can have a you know a game or two, which is great, but I want to see if he can keep that sustained because i think they they need that 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 physical presence in the paint that and even the kind of popping out um because i mean he was so good defensively <laughs> in paint that series and then um you know the way that he's able to help them stretch the court and you know they're going to want to play him in the series i don't think it's, it's a series where they're going to be like we're going to go re- really small against the the heat here i mean i think they want to play out
0: sure no sure I- it, it's it's come to that time though Brian. we we have to pick unfortunately we have to pick
1: do you want to talk about the warriors real quick uh, well let's let's get the mavericks
0: let's pick the east finals then we'll we'll talk about western finals and then we'll mm. pick that and we'll get out. don't make me do this i know i know there's but- a variety
1: of reasons where you know i don't want to do this
0: i hate doing it too well I you hate know what, doing you, it. you know what the other reason is for
1: As a uh. Laker fan, you're gonna make me do this.
0: <laughs> I'll just laugh the whole time. Damn <laughs> You're taking gangrene. I'm taking the heat. Oh no, he pulls the he pulls the damn sword. I'm, I'm gonna on take us. the
1: heat. I, I just I, the reason is and it's I mean, I the Celtics are great. They really are, and and I love watching Tatum play. I just wonder about the physicality of that last series, and Miami's gonna try to grind him as well. Um
2: So that's why I'm going to go with the Heat. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, man.
0: Mm. There's a lot of people riding high on the Celtics right now, as they should. And they
2: should be, rightfully so. As they should be. They're awesome.
1: By the way, betting odds. Who do you think is the favorite,
0: betting odds-wise? Betting odds, I'm guessing it would be Boston, right? For all four teams. Who's the favorite?
2: Oh, to win it all? Yes. Oh, it's got to be Warriors. Right. Yeah. Celtics are two. Oh, okay. Heat three, God damn it. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Heat too. Whoa!
0: Yeah, I'm going to pick the Heat Ooh, that's a really good point about the physicality of that series. They just went seven. I know that... I know the Heat played six games and but
1: they had a quick turnaround between game six and two really bad shooting
0: days. They had two really bad shooting days in Philly. That was the story of that series.
1: I mean, there was for Boston, they had the quick turnaround between Game Six and Game Seven, because Game Seven was an afternoon game. And then now, forty eight hours later, or just over forty eight hours, they're back beginning another seven
2: game series against a physical team. They're down in Miami. Um So and I yeah,
1: if the Heat do what they should do for Game One and not be rusty, win this game, you know, and they have home court advantage, you know, as to where Game Seven would be there as well. Oh man, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with the Heat. I, I that might be stupid of me because the Celtics are playing so. Can well, I go
0: with the Heat and maybe think that the Celtics win Game One because I what I just said they're sure running you off do the adrenaline.
1: Possibly, yeah, they could. I mean, they, hey, uh, when you get that shooting touch, you never know, you might keep it going. I mean, even though, who was it? Was it Tatum? or Brown? I think it was Tatum that said, I told Grant Williams, like, uh, you're never doing that
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we're totally stupid, and we didn't even mention Jalen Brown's name once about in the series. Uh, he, he, this season, has had quite a bit of success against the That's another. That's a, definitely something to keep an eye on. I think it's somewhere around 23 points a game. Um, Nikias had it in his story. Uh, Definitely check out that scouting report, guys. It's amazing. And uh, we're going to give you our scouting report of the Western Conference Finals before his comes out tomorrow. That's between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. As we know, Warriors taking care of business in six games against the Grizz. Mavericks shocking the world, winning two in a row after losing game five in dramatic fashion uh, against the Suns. So
2: here we go here. All right. It's it's tough, man. I know. I know. And I hear you going, (sighs) because I'm doing the same thing. I don't
1: know. Here's what I look at, okay? So, obviously, the Mavericks are powered by Luka, and you need the shooting to keep up. I don't know who is going to defend him, because the Warriors are not exactly the same defensively, because you could put Draymond on him. You could sit there and play Clay. I don't think Clay is the same defensively as he was several years ago. And so. mm -hmm. But Draymond's probably going to be on him the most, and... If I'm the Warriors, I probably just say I'm going to go one-on-one. I'm going to put Draymond on him. Hopefully, he stays out of foul trouble, and I'm going to stand everybody else.
0: Over or under three-and-a-half technical fouls between the two of them? In game one? <laughs> i The whole series, not in game one. Oh, hey, no, series over.
1: Are you kidding me? Come on. Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, on the flip side, when I look at the Warriors – this is a team that obviously has this championship DNA still. They still have their core, but they have not been dominant so far. They have, even with the, the Grizzlies shorthanded without uh, John Morant, they did not blow them out in the last two games. Remember the game five at home, they kind of had to sneak that one out. Um, and then in game six, they just kind of turned it on at the end. They shot well enough they, and they were able to get that game. So, you know, we still haven't seen Steph Curry really throw in the overdrive and have, like, a huge Steph Curry game. You know, Clay shot better in game six, but like I said, he's not the same defensively, and his shooting has really been up and down. He's going to be fine. Yeah. I think. Uh, So, I think there's going to be a lot of small ball in this, so I don't even know how much they're going to play Looney. I mean, Wiggins has got to play big for them. He has to play big uh, for them. In this
0: series. He was huge game six. Huge, really huge second half. Great second half. I mean, not not just the offensive rebounding, but in the clutch shot making and the um, you know, attacking the rim, making shots to put Memphis to bed. Um, that was big. They if they it, did it big time. And
1: meanwhile, for the Mavericks, who's gonna be the guy that steps up to hit those shots, you know if it's not Luca, like who, who's going to be the number two, like you got to
0: assume it's got to be Jalen Brunson.
1: It's gotta be, it's gotta be Brunson, I think. But when it comes to Dinwiddie, they, they need those points off the bench. And I know last game, he had 30 points and that's a little bit of an anomaly, but they've got to get some consistency out of him. I mean, if they can get some out of Bertons, I mean, that's, that's like found money, but you know, Dinwiddie's the guy that they're going to lean on for that. And is he going to be able to do it consistently in the series?
0: Yeah, no, that's, a really good question. I think Spencer built some serious momentum over the last two games of series against the Suns. Um, here's what I'm thinking. I'm watching the Warriors, and I know how good that they are, uh, especially offensively when they're moving the ball, when they're cutting, you know, doing all that stuff. We know that the Warriors,
2: for all intents and purposes, are shooting themselves in, the in that series against the Grizzlies. Do they continue to shoot themselves in the foot? Do they continue
0: to make these poor decisions like trying to hit the home run pass in transition or making a cross-court feed or not being overall aware of your surroundings? Now, we know that Steve Kerr is back. Out of COVID protocols, he will be coaching game one. So I think that that will help them, at least in the sense of calming down a little bit. But... That's what led the Mavericks to having their success. That they were first in turnovers on the Suns. And they were taking advantage of that in transition. And taking advantage of, you know, poor decisions. So that's where Dallas can thrive. And they can get up and down when Brunson and Didwitty are out there. Jaylen, or, uh, Reggie Block can run the floor. Dorian Finney-Smith.
2: You've got
0: fast guys. Yeah. Um,
2: but that's what I'm looking for, because the Warriors just—it's it, really—you kind of can't beat them unless they beat That's that's my scouting report. I
0: I think, and we'll see. You know where Otto Porter Jr. is uh, health wise. Them, um, he was you know pretty big in that Memphis series. Uh, you know, I'm thinking that,
2: you know. X factor wise I'm looking at mm, Sorry to be choppy but think say Maxi Kleba
0: if he can continue to to provide that floor stretching and that help defense slash honestly rim protection um that throws like a little bit of a wrench into uh, those plans uh X factor wise Warriors I kind of agree with you with Andrew Wiggins, but I'm more leaning towards Jordan Poole. I think Jordan Poole kind of took a step back in the second round as opposed to what he did in that opening series. I think Jordan Poole can really, really set the tone coming off the bench against a Mavs team that's not necessarily
2: as deep, I guess. So yeah, I'll go Jordan
0: Poole and Maxi Klebeis.
1: It's just tough to pick this. It really is because...
0: It's crazy how you get there, too.
1: I'm I'm curious to see how deep these teams go because we saw the Warriors adjust in that last round, and they got to a point where... At one point in that series, they were starting Kuminga, and by the end of it, he wasn't playing.
0: Yep. Loon entered the starting lineup and ended up getting, what, 22 rebounds or some ridiculous stat in Game 6?
1: Yeah, 22 rebounds. And... I think that he might not be playing that much in this series because of the size, and um, they might have to go smaller. So does that mean Kaminga plays? Um, obviously, Otto Porter Jr. has been a big part of what they're doing. You know, He's a little bit banged up. Sounds like he's going to be good to go, though, for uh, game one. So does that mean uh, Looney gets limited time? They lean more on Porter. Do they play Kaminga? How deep are they going to go there? Man, I, I, if Curry and Thompson, I think, have shot a little bit better, I think I'd believe in the Warriors a little bit. And I get it why they're the favorites, just because they've been there before. But there is something about a freight train that's coming at you. And Luka is that freight train.
2: So somebody,
0: and it goes back to player comparisons, and I hate player comparisons, especially different eras, types of players. But somebody was saying in my friend group actually how this Luca run. It's almost like the stars that you would expect it would take a few more years to to get to a championship, um, get to a championship a little earlier than you think. Uh, Luca's obviously in his, you know,
2: he's twenty
0: three,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: uh, this is the first
1: time he's ever won a playoff series. Now he's won two.
0: Well, remember. And I said this in, in the uh the round table. You know, apparently you don't play the Clippers, you're able to get to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Just how it is, apparently. Uh by the way, more credit has to be given to why Leonard and Paul George and Beverly for stopping this kid from making it to that stage. Or
2: the second round, mind you. But I think
0: uh, you know, As I was saying, my friend was telling me how this kind of run mirrors LeBron's 06, 07. We don't know which way it ends. We don't know if he gets to the finals with this team. Uh, But individual effort and the usage rate and it it all kind of
2: wagulates. I was going to say the same thing when
1: you started talking about the comparison because I understand that Luca and LeBron play a little bit differently, obviously. I mean, Luca wants to go with a more of a slower pace. LeBron's going to throw it in your face, especially at that age. But there is something about the way that they dominate the ball and can have their, you know, thumb on every aspect of the game. Yes. And, you know, I mean, Luca has to do so much, but... That's what he wants to do. That's what that team is built around. Um, it's just that he just needs guys to hit shots, you know? And he, you know what the weird thing is, too, in that series? He was not shooting well no. until game seven. And in game seven, he started hitting every step back three.
0: It was either a step back three or, like I was saying before, you, you know, back that thing up and uh, turn around and shoot over your competition. And he was doing the Dirk all night long. Dirk again using that big body. That's where you know when we're talking about matchups, it's tough to see who's going to outmuscle him. Other than Draymond, you know, like if you get Dray- Draymond in foul trouble, then you might be in trouble. Uh, on the flip side, Mavs and very much so in big trouble when it comes to where they're going to be able to hide Luka because it's such a motion offense. It's such it's such a uh, active off ball you know,
2: utopia. That it obviously be hard to hide Luke
0: against this, but it's, it's, it should be real. It should be a real fun series. Um,
2: You get to do it this time first. Pick the winner. Hmm. Oh, man. I so badly want to pick no, the Mavericks. I, I,
0: I, I, I so can't. I can't do it. I can't I do can't it
1: either. I'm going to take the Warriors.
0: I got to take the Warriors. I'm going to take the Warriors. Based I mean, on you, every playoff series that we've had, though, I'm going to take the Warriors in seven. I you don't
1: want to see a rematch of the 2011 NBA Finals? <laughs> between the Mavericks and the Heat?
0: I mean, it'd be really fun to see Luka versus Jimmy. But no, give me, give me the Warriors in seven. Uh no Luka series apparently is going less than seven.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And again, I, I feel like an idiot because I do feel like Luka is the best player and you always kind of want to go with the guy that's
2: the best player. But um, you know, I'll go with the Warriors. The Warriors and Heat in the finals. Okay. There it is. Warriors and Heat in the finals and I have the uh, Warriors and Heat in the finals. So. How dare we agree? No. What the-
1: yeah, we're supposed to be yelling at you, screaming about why I'm right, why you're wrong.
0: No, we leave that to Patrick picks. Beverly and leave mm. that stuff to them, okay?
1: <laughs> By the way, J.J. Reddick, uh, regular now on ESPN on all the different uh, Talking Head shows, doing a great job, a guest on the latest edition of The, uh, the Dunker Spot, which is uh, available for everybody to listen to now.
2: Hell Yes. They're great podcast. You'll we'll get there.
0: Get there. But I think that's the perfect cutting off point. For as uh, we enter the final four, so to speak, of the NBA. And we get into the NBA draft lottery, which means the draft talk's right around the corner. So Who you fun. got tonight? Who you got tonight in the lottery? Who's, who's going to win the lottery? Uh, how hilarious would it be if it was the Pelicans?
1: Uh, that's what I was going to say off the Lakers pick.
0: Uh, I, I'm telling you.
1: Oh my god. They won't win it. They'll get number two again. All right. They'll get number two again.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) Good old lottery. Hey, and it's not a conspiracy, people. It is real. There are people in the rooms. Stories have been done. Stop perpetuating false information. And then everybody be like, oh my
1: God, this is what they get for Anthony Davis. Oh, look at what the way the AD is playing. Uh Like, they did win it.
0: Championship,
1: And I don't care what you say, Pat Beva, about being a bubble championship. They're hanging that banner. That's a championship. They won.
0: They're hanging that banner. Do
1: not besmirch that championship. And I'm not just saying this as a Laker fan. I don't care who won that thing. Because they, if the heated won, whoever won it, you earned it for everything they went through in that bubble. That was, everybody had the same opportunities. Everybody was same and playing in the same place. Everything. It was an even playing field.
0: Bang. Dang.
1: Don't give me that hot garbage.
0: Don't give him that hot garbage. You know where you could give us that hot garbage is obviously on social media. I'm on Twitter at Spin Davies. I'm on Instagram at Spin Davies. He is on Twitter at Brian Fritz and on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. Once again, keep it at 94. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We have other great ones for you to listen to. Brian already mentioned the Dunker Spot latest episode. As J.J. Redick. So make sure you go listen to that one. It's also a, a send-off to the teams that were eliminated and a preview of the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. Really, really good stuff um, with J.J. So that episode is entitled uh, Young Man and the Three. Oh, I love that pun that I used for that one. The Alex Kennedy Podcast, the rematch with Ton Thomas, Dishes and Dimes, Nothing But Bets, a daily gambling podcast hosted by Evan Sidery and uh, the Rex Chapman Show who just had B.G. Armstrong on. So make sure you go listen to that. Uh, And uh, that's fun. You know, Jay Billis is on another episode. Got some really, really good stuff for you. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, comment, rate, do all the same for us so we can blow this thing up and uh, we can be in more earbuds. That's all I'm saying. And remember, the official ticket marketplace of basketballnews.com is Ticket Smarter, looking to go to the hottest concerts, sports, theater, and family shows near you. Get 100% guaranteed tickets to more than 125,000 live events from Ticket Smarter, the official ticket marketplace of basketballnews.com. Order online now. And until next week, when we really know where we are in these conference finals, we will speak then. Everybody, good luck in the lottery. Ciao.